we are not the Marriage Institute here, but uh, we do want to take a look at marriage next month. Now, to be honest, this is something that's been on our hearts for a while. As a staff, as a church, we've been praying and, and, and lifting up this, this topic and this, this obviously this huge part of our lives. And uh, our hope is this. We don't want to be reactionary. We want to be a people. We want to be a community that is helping to strengthen and to encourage and to, to build up, not to react. Because all of us react when we hear things like, man, that's shocking. I had no clue then things were not going well for them. I just I, News out of the blue. And so our hope is that we were going to, as we take a look at marriage, we're going to start to look at some, some steps that we're going to take as a community and, and ways that we can all come together around this. Now, with that in mind, not everybody's married, but we believe that this topic affects everyone. Either you are married here today, Either you want to be married or you know someone that is married, that you love and you care for deeply. You, you know someone that you love and care for deeply that is married and you want to help them or be, a, be an encouragement to them. And maybe that person is your kids. And so as we get into this topic a little deeper, something else we want to throw out. I am not a marriage psychologist. I am not Dr. Phil. We're just gonna get that out of the table. I can't, I try to do the accent. I don't have it in me. It's not my thing, all right? But I'm not Dr. Phil, all right? We're gonna be looking at some spiritual things. Some principles are gonna help all of us out as we look at relationships and, and, and life. And so with that in mind, I don't know what, as that hits you this morning, you're like, what? They're talking about that in church? If you've had that thought already, let's do this. Let's take a few seconds, kind of clear our heads and our minds, open it up for what God has for us, okay? Here we go. God, Lord, open my heart today. God, I pray that whatever you lead, whatever direction you lead, and whatever way that you, you're calling each one of us, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be obedient in that. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so... Every time, uh, I was a youth pastor, by the way, uh, for about 13, 14 years before, and we would go to roller coaster parks, okay? Six Flags, uh, Universal Studios, uh, Carowinds. I've been to about every roller coaster park uh, across the country, okay? Now, when you go to these places, you have to sweat all day, you eat yucky food for overpriced, and you have to stand in ridiculously long lines. You know those lines that are just winding, 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 and it's like, you have an hour and 45 minutes uh, before you'll get to the front. And the ride lasts how long? About 30 seconds, okay? And so when you get to the front, it, it, the, road, the ride's great, and then you go back and you get in line again. So you've got all this time with hang, just hanging out with teenagers, all right? Now, I've learned through the years that, you know, you've got to have some topics and things to talk about. It's a great time to talk to students. And uh, so some things that I talk about, uh, I, I play a couple of games with them. One of the games we play is spot the best mullet uh, at the uh, theme parks. You get points for mullets. Hey, if you have a mullet, I had a mullet, it's okay. But spot the best mullet, we give out points for that. Also, fanny packs, uh, you get points for fanny packs as well. Things that we see at a lot of, of Six Flags and roller coaster parks. Um, something else that I do though is this, I play this kind of percentage game. And I start to talk about if, what, is the, what, what do the odds have to be 
for you not to get on this roller coaster. Like, okay, we know that people get hurt on roller coasters. We know that some people have died on roller coasters. What do the odds have to be for you not to ride on this roller coaster? So if it was like, you know, there was like a one in a million shot, would you ride this ride? What if it was like one in 500,000 that you get hurt on this ride, would you still get on? If it was one in a hundred, out of every hundred people that ride this ride, would you ride on this ride today? And of course, like, no, that's crazy. Uh, so a couple of percentages, what are the odds? We're gonna play that this morning. What do you think the, the actual odds are of getting hurt on a roller coaster? Getting hurt, not death, but hurt. What do you think it is? Actual number, one out of 24 million that you would get hurt. Now, that you would die would be one out of, one of what's the number? 750 million, is that, is that right? 750 million, okay. It's actually very close to being the same number that if the odds of the Powerball lottery. If you were to win the lottery, same chances as, as dying on a roller coaster. There you go. All right, what about vending machines? I don't know if you know this, but vending machines, they can be ruthless, okay? How many people, you gotta think, how many people died last year from vending machines? How is that even possible? What are the odds that a vending machine could kill you? What do you think it is? Guess, one out of 112 million. That that's, that's gonna be it, 112, wow, yeah. What about shark attacks? I'm not going in the ocean, folks. I don't know what's up there. I'm just gonna tell you right now. What about shark attacks? Okay, the chances, the odds that you're gonna get attacked by a shark is what? One out of 3,748,067. So think about that next time you go in the ocean, okay? Now, what about the chances that you're gonna be a, the odds that you're gonna be a movie star one day? A movie star. What, would you, what are the odds? Odds are one and 1.5 million. I don't know what a star, what counts to be a star, maybe in a movie. All right, what about being struck by lightning? You don't know if you see the trend here that's happening. What about struck by lightning? One out of what chance? One out of 576,000, okay? One out of 576,000 chance of getting struck by lightning. Now, what about becoming a pro athlete? Now, everybody wants to be a pro athlete. When you ask a kid, what do you want to be? I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a pro wrestler. I want to be, you know, every, what, what, an, an athlete. The chances are one out of 22,000. One out of 22,000, you could be a pro athlete. What about catching a foul ball at a pro athlete's game? It's <laughs> a little better chance. All right, what's that? that like? I've never actually caught a ball at a game. I'm very disappointed to tell you. Has anybody ever caught a ball at a game? Maybe that'll tell us our odds a little bit. All right, the odds are actually one out of 563. One out of 563, a little better. What about being audited by the IRS? <laughs> now we're getting into familiar territory here. Yeah, you're thinking about that. All right, I don't, please don't want to be audited. Chances are, one out of 215. I know. Why do why they choose me then? Why did they choose me? All right, chances that you can get the flu on any given year. Now, I know you're thinking, well, I get it every year. My kids certainly get it every year because those kids down in the daycare. Um, one out of what? One out of 10 is what they tell us. One out of 10. 
I know, I thought it would be much higher chances, but one out of 10 chance of getting the flu every single year. Now, what are the chances that a, a marriage is gonna survive? What's the divorce rate? You know that number right off the bat, don't you? It just jumps into your head, it's one out of, out of two. Now we've known that for a while, there's about a 50% chance that a marriage will survive. We knew that right off the bat. We didn't have to think about it, we knew it. We've heard that for years now. And to be honest, the, the stats proved to be true there, around about, and it's kind of stayed there. Now, I don't know about you, I don't like those odds. I don't like those odds at all. Th those those are, are not good, and, and we know this, that those are actually are surviving, are, are marriages that are happening now, there are a lot of people that are miserable. They're miserable. They're together just for their kids. Or, or, or they're together because, well, we feel like we have to stay together for, for X reason. Or maybe you're with a couple like I was uh, recently, they're just constantly fighting. Like, is there any joy there? They're just constantly fighting. They're, they've like left the sensor at home, like they're fighting in public with each other. Or maybe like a couple that I heard, my, my friends of my sisters, and this broke my heart. A woman, her, a friend of her, 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 her anniversary was coming up and she scheduled to work on her anniversary night. She worked crazy shift hours so that she wouldn't have to go out with her husband because what are we gonna talk about? What are we gonna do? Those feelings. And we, we hear those stories and we know that they're, they're true. So what are we gonna do about it? So what are we going to do about it? You know, and I, if you're here today and you're like, hey, I'm not married, thanks a lot for this encouraging message. Uh, <laughs> we're excited now. Here's what I want us to think about right off the bat. If we wanna be like everyone else, then we should act like everyone else. We should do what everyone else does and we're gonna probably have about the same chance that everyone else has. But you know what? God has called us to be different. He's called us to be different. Now, I know this verse is a verse that you've heard a lot of, but I wanna remind us this morning. It says this, Romans 12, two, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Let God, don't copy the behaviors of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And what if I told you today that we can, we can increase the odds dramatically in your life? I'm gonna give you an opportunity today to increase the odds dramatically of, of not only just rescuing your marriage, but having a thriving, successful marriage. And I'm gonna give you one principle in just one step, that's it. There's not gonna be like 10 fill in the blanks. It's just gonna be one principle and I'm gonna give you one step that's going to help, okay? Now I'm gonna be honest with you. It's gonna be a little awkward, okay? At the end, the one step thing, okay? It's gonna be a little awkward, it's a little intimate, all right? So you're already feeling awkward, aren't you? Not as awkward as it was earlier with the meet and greet, but that's why the kids aren't here today, okay? All right, so a couple of the principle and, and then we'll get into the, into the step, okay? Here's the principle. How many of you guys have, I personally, one of my favorite shows, game shows of all time, The Price is Right, okay? It's the, I think it's the best. There's tons of games on there. I actually can, I skipped school. 
I, I'm no Ferris Bueller. I did not go to the Cubs game. I did not sing in a parade. I skipped school one day to watch The Price is Right. That's how much I liked it as a kid. Now, what was your favorite game on The Price is Right? What is your favorite game on The Price is Right? Tell your neighbor right now. Favorite game on The Price is Right? All right, I'm a little busy, but shout out a couple of your favorites. What's your favorite? Plinko. <laughs> Definitely Plinko is a cool one. What's, what's another one? The yodel guy. And he was like, you have to stop to the end. And you're like, is he gonna fall off? Nope. What's another one? What's your favorite one? Higher or lower? Yeah. There's also the game about the, uh, you remember that you had the, get the numbers right and you, you put your hand in, it's either an X or a number for the car. Yeah. Some, another game? Which one? Oh, the front of the car and the back of the car, you put it together. And you also have the smashing one and you pull out the money. Do you remember that one? Little known fact, my sister-in-law was actually at uh, The Price is Right. You weren't on the game, but you were in the... Oh, we saw you though. We still framed the... Before DV, this is before DVRs, yeah. I think we have a VCR recording, remember those? Well, there was a couple of games that were kind of similar. And, and what I want us to think about today is this. They, they had these different items, okay? And what you'd have to do is you'd have to take values, okay? You're going, basically, it's like you have to put the things in order from the highest value to the lowest value. You had like 60 seconds. And once you did that, what did you do? You come and you hit a buzzer, bam! And you would hear like a number, you either you got to go back and you got to change something or you keep it, you know, you change one thing, you change them all and you come back and you hit the buzzer. Ding, 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 ding. You won a new car. You won all the prizes. Uh, that kind of thing. Bob Barker didn't ever do that. But uh, so I want us to imagine here today, okay, th that very thought, okay, you're playing this game and, and you're valuing different things, okay. And obviously we've got, you know, we've got God, you've got kids, you've got career, you've got spouse, you've got friends, and what's the last one? I can't see it very well. Hobbies. There we go. And so the, the clock is ticking. You're like, okay, now which one is, you know, which here? Okay, I'm going to put, you know, kids, you know, first. Oh, goddess. Now, we never verbalize this, do we? No. All right, we're talking about it in our head, okay? We're trying to get it right, and okay, well, I probably should put spouse three here, and then you're, which one? All right, definitely, you got to pay for things, and uh, okay, 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 uh, I don't know, it's a tough one here. I'm going to go with this one, because I love golf more than my friends. Um, <laughs> bam, all right, so you hit the number, okay, now, We've all kind of played this kind of, you know, maybe you've written this down in an exercise before and you've thought about priorities and things. But, but the reality here is this principle is so important for all of us, okay? It doesn't matter, married, unmarried, this is, this is it, okay? This is it. Now, let, let me kind of dig in a little bit for us here. Something that's so shocking, so shocking that Jesus said, you've got to hear it, and I, I know you're not going to believe it at first, but so shocking, he says this. Luke 14, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, big crowd. And he turns around 
And he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, he used the word hate, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Wow. Wow. That just hits you. That, especially the word hate, doesn't it? It just hits you. Okay. Now, we're going to dig in a little bit there. But, I mean, obviously, if you, you've heard probably that what's the greatest commandment? What does Jesus tell us? Love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's number one. Okay. So we know, you know, we know that this, you know, this, this needs to be over here. Now, is that a reality? You know, it's a reality or it's not a reality by the way we live, your actions. Like, how does that play out in the things that you do, the things you think about, the way you spend your time, the way you have your focus, everything in your life, is that focused on the mission of God? Or is that just, if we're gonna be honest, like we would rearrange a little bit here. The reality is, More something like this. Hit the button. Not right. Okay? No, no, what did what, what did Jesus say? He said, if you don't hate your father, mother, kid, spouse, just put them all in one category. Now, let's be honest, Jesus is using hyperbole here, okay? Hyperbole. Does he want us to hate people? Absolutely not. We know that about God. He doesn't want us to hate. But, but God does this, okay? He uses hyperbole to emphasize the importance of things. There's another place. If, if we were to take everything that Jesus said literally, there wouldn't be a guy in this room that would have eyeballs still, okay? Are you following me here? Because what does Jesus say? He says, you've heard it said, you should not commit adultery, but I tell you, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in her heart, in his heart. If your right eye calls you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away, okay? That would be pretty difficult this morning, okay? We're all without eyes, all right? And you can follow that along, okay? And so what he's saying is, you need to get this, that God wants us, this is not just like a suggestion that, that he be first, that he, we would love him first. This is the most important thing that I can tell you today, if you, aren't, if you don't have this right, then everything else falls apart, okay? Now, how does that play out? God can be a part of your life, but if, if he's not the main focus, if he's not the mission, then there's this feeling of emptiness. Of This isn't the way it's supposed to, it's supposed to be. Why, why, doesn't, why doesn't everything click? Why doesn't, because he's not the mission. Now, what happened? What, businesses, what do they do? They're so focused on mission statements. They want everybody churning in the same direction, right? We've got to get everybody, why do we do what we do? Why are we going this direction? Why are we doing what we're doing? We want everybody to focus the same place, okay? Because if one person is focused this way and one person is focused this, this way, th th this, that things don't get accomplished well. Now, when, when there's somebody in a, in a relationship that has one mission and someone else in the relationship has another mission, Tension, tension, tension. This is why, folks, and I love the way Craig Rochelle said it. And there's a couple of books in your worship folder. These are great. I'm gonna just tell you right now, a lot of stuff that you're gonna hear are from these books and great things to pick up, okay? And we suggest you get them Amazon and wherever Christian books are sold. Um, 
But, but here's what he said, and I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. You know, you know, when you're searching, maybe you're searching right now, and you hear this phrase a lot, I'm looking for the one. I'm looking for the one. But wouldn't it be great if, the, if there was the reality, the truth of I'm looking for my two. I'm looking for my two because God is the one, okay? He needs to be the one. You know, and reality is, I missed it. There it is. There we go. All right. This is probably a little more accurate, okay? Now, I'm going to take it to the next step, okay? I love, if you've ever read Francis Chan, he's, he challenges me a lot. Um, you know, it, it reminds us, well, first of all, reminded, you know, this whole, why is God number one? Because that's what he created. That was our purpose from the very beginning. A couple of verses for you. Colossians 1.16 says this, he made the things we can see and the things that, that we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So whatever you do, do it all for your glory, for your family's glory, for your kids' glory, for the glory of God. Now, here's, the, here's that, that quote. I want, I want you to, it just, this hit me hard. It said this, there are plenty of marriage books that will teach you how to get along and be happy. There is not one of those books. This is not one of those books. The problem with those books is they can make you feel like having a happy family is the goal of Christianity. They can make primary things like God's glory and his mission sound secondary. They can nudge you into exchanging ultimate happiness for immediate happiness. Now, it, isn't that what everybody tells us? If we want to be like everybody else, what's, what's their, the Declaration of Independence tell us? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'd make the argument that a lot of people live that way living for their life, preserving their life, living for my freedoms and living for my happiness. Now, we don't have this as a card, but let's be honest, we should have a card that says M-E on it. Because me and my happiness, and what do we hear, hear in, with kids? We hear, man, I just, you know, what, what, what are you, how are you raising your kids? I want my kids to be happy. I don't want them to, to, to live like I lived or had it like I had it. Can I be just blunt, honest with you? My primary concern with my kids is not that they're happy. My primary concern with my kids is they spend eternity with Jesus. And that's what happens when the mission changes. When the mission is focused where it needs to be, then our mission in life totally changes. It totally changes the way we, we, we operate. We live, we wake up every day. What's, why do you live? What's your, your, your focus? What's your, your, your goal? What are you trying to do as a family? What are you trying to do as a couple? And when you're together on that mission, oh man, it's beautiful. There's so much synergy there. It's awesome. Let's keep on keep reading. They, they can make primary things, things like God's glory and his mission sound secondary. They can nudge you in exchanging happiness for immediate happiness. When your mission is God, you think eternal, not this second. I'm worried about this second or this week. You're thinking eternally. To put it bluntly, those books don't account for the fact that you can have a happy earthly marriage and be miserable for eternity. Many people will tell you to focus on your marriage, to focus on each other. But we discovered that focusing on God's mission made our marriage 
amazing. We can't afford to waste our marriage by merely pursuing our own happiness. So we've got to change the stage. And, and, I, and I love this thought. Quite honestly, and I don't know if I can move all these, but I'm going to try my best. This is probably a more accurate picture because these things, and we can argue about what the, the, the order of these things are, but this, there's a huge gap here between your, your, your primary focus and mission and loving others as yourself, that which is the second commandment that God has, has called us to live. And that reshapes everything. Now, here's the action step. Well, before we get to the action step, let me, let me, let me just discuss this real quick. If you're honest today, maybe you're saying, this is not what my life looks like, okay? This is kind of can be a pivotal moment for you, all right? Here's the pivotal moment. Joshua, okay, there was this time where Israel was kind of back and forth. Quite honestly, they were, they were, God was number one, and then he kind of found other places at various times. And he had this moment with them as they were going into the promised land. It's a beautiful moment. And it's Joshua 24, and he says this. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods, because this is what these are. These can become gods. Your ancestors worshiped before the Euphrates River in Egypt and served the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in those lands you are serving. But as for me and my house, choose today, choose today. So just encourage you to choose today what your focus is gonna be. Now, here's the awkward thing, okay? Here's the thing that I'm gonna, the step that I'm gonna give you, and I want you to actually practice this week, okay? It's, it's intimate, it's awkward, okay? Here it is, one step, all right? One action step. I want you to, as soon as possible, I want you to do something. I want you to pray together as a couple, out loud, on a regular basis. I told you it was awkward. I told you it was intimate because it is intimate. Now, immediately, there was something, when you saw that, this action step, pray together out loud on a regular basis. There was this kind of moment, okay? Maybe you didn't know that was coming, but maybe there was just this feeling, this poke, because you suddenly felt awkward, didn't you? Here's a little bit of reality. Only 8% of Christian couples pray together. 8% percent okay now we are having that moment in this room like yep that's us don't need to poke anybody don't need to kick anybody don't need to elbow anybody okay all right eight percent all right so so practice this now let, let me tell you some some good news okay out of that eight percent now it, i i told you i'm not dr phil but here is here's something that he quoted in a book here's is a Dr. Phil quote for the day, all right? An interesting statistic shared by David McLaughlin in his wonderful series, The Role of the Man in the Family. It's a book that he references. This is actually a book that he uh, referenced Dr. Phil, Relationship Rescue by him. I have not read the book. But he reflects that the divorce rate in America is at a minimum one out of two. We get that part. But the reported divorce rate among couples that pray together is about one in 10,000. One in 10,000, 
verses one to two. One, just say that, one in 10,000, okay? Does that hit you? So I think it's pretty obvious what we need to do. Now, is this easy? No, it's not easy. It's not easy. Now, you, you've, when I said pray together, there were some things that jumped in your mind. That makes me feel awkward. I don't pray out loud. I don't, I, I just, uh, prayer is personal. There's just things that just jumped into your head, didn't they? Right? Okay, I, I totally get that. In fact, awkwardness, uh, my first church that I was in as a youth pastor, they had this thing that they did, and I would never do this to you. Okay, but the end of service, they would say, hey, uh, Brother Don, would you pray for us today as we leave? And the, or Brother such and such or Sister such and such. And the person would stand up and pray. Do you remember those days? Anybody in a church like that? Oh, man. And I was always ready, okay? I was always ready. I was like, okay, if that, that finger comes to me, and first of all, you avoid eye contact, <laughs> look down. I don't want, but you, you had to be ready, okay? Just something awkward about praying out loud. One of the biggest challenges I had as a pastor because you're trying to like, okay, what do I say? How do I make it sound? And, and prayer is so personal, isn't it? It is personal. And especially if you're really praying, if you're really connecting to God, it, be, it becomes personal. And that's why it's so important to have that, that time. Now, it, now, I would just throw out a couple of things that will help you. Why is this so important? Why is it important? Um, Melly and I, a couple of years ago, um, it's been two years now. And uh, got to, Melanie came home one day and she had some news for me. And uh, seemingly out of nowhere, she let me know uh, joyously that we were gonna be expecting our third, Quinn, okay? We have three kids. Now the, the first, when we first found out about Noah, I was a little surprised, but not that surprised, okay? Don't need all the details. Not that surprised, but very excited. Okay, we were excited. First child, second child, we were planning to have a second child. It was, oh. Now, did that, that second child news that that child was coming a little sooner than I thought? Yes, I was hoping we could, you know, play that out a little bit longer. But second child, very excited, okay? All right. But when, when you found out about Quinn, I have to tell you, my reaction was not good. For the longest time, I had told Melanie, I told anyone that would listen, two is the perfect number. We have a girl, we have a, guy, a boy, this is great. Three is chaos. <laughs> it's chaos, okay? It's not man-to-man defense anymore. You heard that? <laughs> it's zone. And no matter, the, if you have the best zone in the world, it doesn't work. It's just, ooh, stress. I grew up with, with three or two other siblings. I knew that stress. I knew how crazy it would be, okay? I knew that going out to eat, we just forget that, okay? <laughs> and I have said that for a long time. And as soon as the words came out of her mouth, that's all I thought of. It just rushed into my head. And I wish I could tell you that it, it just stayed there in that moment, but it didn't. It lingered. It lingered for a long time. And because of that, I began to have these feelings. Just confessionally, I was, I was angry at Melanie. I was angry a little bit at God. I, I hate to say that. God, why did you put us in this? Pl- I, this is not the way I planned it. This is not the way I wanted it to be. 
And these cold, separating feelings toward Melanie came about. We weren't talking to each other. We weren't making really eye contact with each other. And it was, it was, it was brutal. And I know that a lot of you have gone through harder, more difficult things than that. But in that moment, it felt like the biggest gap of separation between us. And no matter what she said, and no matter what I was trying to make myself think, I still, I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get past it. But guess what? We begin to pray together. And when you pray together, and when you hear someone's heart, and when you share that intimate time together, because it is intimate, when you begin to go before the Father, things begin to melt within me. And that closeness that we had came back because it healed me and it healed us. Now, a couple of tips, okay? So a couple of, here's the bonuses, okay? Praying together, it leads to, to greater intimacy with one another, okay? Now, here's a bonus, okay? I'm not making any, I'm not making any promises, guys. I don't want to get any emails, okay? But spiritual intimacy oftentimes leads to physical intimacy. Okay? We're all together, all right? All right. So I'm going to throw this out here. If you're not married yet, that being said, the time that you're looking for your, your two, guard yourself here. Guard yourself. Make sure, and we, I want to encourage you to pray with your future too. But do it in specific places. Do it in public. Pray together in public. Pray together with, with other people, okay? For goodness sake, do not pray together in a vertical position, okay? Now, if you're married, pray to horizontal. Thank you. <laughs> You knew where I was going. You knew where I was going, right? Okay. So guard yourself is what I'm saying. Now, if you are married, pray together in a horizontal position. <laughs> horizontal, I encourage it, okay? All right, here's some other bonuses. It aligns your hearts with that of God. It's hard to say, stay mad at someone when you're praying together, okay? It's when you're mad at each other, when you begin to pray with each other, it's hard to stay mad at each other. It's hard to cross lines. Guys, girls, when you're praying together with your spouse and you know that she's praying for you during the day and, and you're praying for her, it's harder to sin because God is just present there. You, you, you with me? It, it, it's also good, and this is the, the, the bonus this, and this was, I want you to pray out loud with your, your spouse, but I want you also to pray out loud in front of your kids. It's so important, dads, in the room to pray in front of your kids. How are they going to learn if they don't hear it from you, if they don't hear your heart? Moms, do the same. And I'm not talking about rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, okay? And uh, God, our, God our Father, God our... That's at our house. Uh, but pray in front of your kids. It's so important that they, they see that. 
Because you know what? I like the one out of 10,000 odds, don't you? I do. All right. So here's a couple of just, we're going to end on this. You're, you're thinking, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to start this. We don't, we've never done this. We've never prayed together as a couple. It, this is, to be honest, there are people in this room, if we were to take a survey, that have been together for years and years and years and years. And you can think years and years and years and years since it's been that you prayed together. A couple of tips. Keep it simple. Keep it simple, okay? You know, I gave you this a couple of weeks ago. I think it's great. And when you're praying and you're spending time with God, praise. Give God praise. Talk about your requests and things that you know of and share things that are, that are happening in your life. Maybe you've got something coming up and you want her to pray for you and you want him to pray for you or something that's just stressing you out or tempting you. Tell that to God and your spouse before you pray. Pay attention to God and you're, yield your will to his. Well, you're basically saying your will be done. So just remember, you can remember that little, little acronym. You don't have to. Next one is this. You don't have to try and impress anybody. God does not care what language you use, okay? You don't have to use these and nows and all of that stuff, okay? Just, just forget all that. Just be you, okay? Be you and be authentic and be honest. And whatever comes out, it's okay. And here's the next one. That's super important, guys and girls. No permits, okay? Now, what is a permit? I, I came up with this word. It's when you combine praying and a sermon combined in one thing, okay? <laughs> Pastors, we do this all the time, okay? We don't mean to, but we're at the end of the sermon or at the end of the time, we're like, I forgot to say that thing I wanted to say. Let me pray it to you, okay? <laughs> it's called a permit, all right? Now, how does that work with couples, okay? How does that work with couples? Dear Jesus, you know that Jimmy is a sorry sack of trash and he needs you. <laughs> You know what he said to me, and Lord, please, you don't need to talk. You're not talking to the other person, okay? You're talking to God, all right? No permits, all right? You got me? We're, we're following it. So keep it simple. Be authentic. Be real. Don't try to impress anybody and push through barriers, okay? Push through barriers. What do I mean? You're already thinking, man, this is just, I don't know if I can do this. This is going to be awkward. Let me just tell you, there's a, you do everything else with this person, this is the most important thing. Push through the barriers of awkwardness. There's a lot of things that we have to push through. Like you know that when you first start to work out, you know that that's hard. That's, that's just making yourself, you're, there's gonna be a little bit of that. But put it into practice. I promise you, think, just think about these, the stats alone and let that drive you to, to, to where God wants us to be. Now, last thing before we pray. There was something that jumped out of you when I said, Pray out loud regularly. There was that awkward, Ugh. can I invite you to do this? Explore what that is. If there's something that just tightened up inside of you, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna do that. I'm not gonna do that. If there was something that jumped inside of you like that, maybe you need to explore what that is. Maybe you need to go to God and say, God, is that pride? Is that a lack of this? God, help me in that area of my life. And God, help me to change this around. Let's pray. God, thank you for my friends here in this room. Lord, thank you for the journey that we are on together. Lord, thank you that, that we are a part of a community of believers, God. We, we wanna be a family here. 
And sometimes family has to talk about tough things and difficult things, God. And I just pray that you would give us all wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom, Jesus, as we explore your word in the next couple of weeks, God. Lord, I pray genuinely, God, that you would help all of us in the room. If we're, we're single, if we're searching, if we're don't, not searching, don't even care about someone else in our lives or if we're married or, or whatever the scenario is, that God, that we would seek you first in our lives, that you would be our number one, God. Lord, I pray that we would do that not just verbally, but Lord, authentically in the way that we live our lives, that our focus and our mission would be to give you glory, to honor you, to seek your will, to know what you would have for us, to let you guide our thoughts, let you guide our direction of where we're going, what we're doing and, and who we're doing it with, God. Lord, I pray for those in the room that, that are maybe searching for their two today. God, I pray, God, that you would give them peace. Lord, give them peace. To know that another person doesn't define them. To know that our identity is found in you. Jesus, I pray that you would encourage them today. Jesus, I pray that you would be with all of our marriages. God, you know that, that I don't have a perfect marriage. And I'm thankful for the helpmate that you have given me. God, thank you for putting us on mission together and bringing our hearts together toward you. And that is my prayer for every couple in this room, Jesus. God, I pray that you would bring hearts together, aligned with you, toward you, God, seeking your will, seeking your glory, Lord, and God, that we would, like we did with our kids, we put our, our marriages, just hand them back to you as an offering to you, God. Jesus, thank you for these things, Lord. God, we, we thank you for what you're going to do in advance. We pray all of them in your name. Amen.